Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live here at the Valley. My name is Louis Mendez. Uh, joining me in the studio in SC7. Uh, we're finally back from the international break and uh, joining me is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah, you still eating there? Yeah, sorry about yeah, that. You had, you've, had, you've had two weeks to finish whatever that is you're eating and uh, start the show stuff in your face and uh, joining the uh, the pair of us here uh, at the Valley. Hoping these microphones going to work is Nathan Mother. How are you doing, Nath? It's coming on. No. There we go, go again. What about now? No, it's broken right. You're going to have to share a microphone with uh, Tom there. Hello, everyone. Oh, yeah, no, there we go. <laughs> don't get too close. Yeah, so we did a mic test just before, and I said, oh, I'm not sure that's working. And sure enough, it hasn't, but we don't have any spare mics, so you two are going to have to share uh, for the show. Uh, I've had two weeks to sort it out, and I haven't done it, so there we go. That's my fault. Right, on uh, tonight's show, we're going to catch up uh, with uh, the Addicts boss, Lee Bowyer. He's got plenty of stuff to tell us about. Of course, Joe Rebo linked with a move to Arsenal uh, during the week. Patrick Bauer still yet to sign a new contract as well, as we well know. Lee Bowyer himself haven't hasn't uh, yet been offered a new contract but he thinks that might be getting closer and closer so we're going to hear Bayer talk about all of those things um also going to talk about the uh, players out on international duty coming back with injuries as well hopefully not too many but Bayer uh, as I say will get us updated on that we're uh, going to hear from Charlotte Kerr and from Ratish Mishra from the uh, China Athletic women's team I spoke to them after their game with Manchester United at the Oakwood uh, on Sunday then of course we're going to turn our attention to Saturday's home game with the Rock Bottom Bantams. We're playing Bradford City here at the Valley. You're going to speak to Simon Parker from the Bradford Telegraph and Argus. Uh, and of course, Bayer as well himself will preview the game for us. So it's been a good couple of weeks, uh, Tom. Obviously, we're on a, we're on a decent run. Um, probably, probably a decent time to have a break as well, actually, as we just sort of get back into the swing of things and, and, and hopefully let the majority of the squad have a rest. Yeah, I think that was the most important thing because um, performance is have been very good results have picked up so from that point of view the rest or the break was a bit disappointing but you're right we needed players back there were players slowly starting to have to drift off even in the last couple of games we saw people leave the field early so um the opportunity for them to have a couple of weeks to get fit uh get back up to speed is obviously really important and you know don't no disrespect to Bradford at all but they're down at the bottom of the league and they're a team that if you're going to come back off a couple of weeks off and be a little bit rusty it's a team like that that you want to be playing as opposed to you know a Luton or a Portsmouth or a Sunderland or something um it's not going to be an easy game at all but uh it's it's one that you would expect to go in and win so yeah hopefully a few players back fit now and um we can kind of carry on the run that we've been on recently, which has looked better. Of course, during the international break, uh, the, the papers do need to uh, fill some column inches. Uh, the Mirror was no exception this week. They have uh, announced a link between Joe Reba, of course, who's coming out of contract at the end of the season, and Arsenal. Um, sounds a lot like agent talk to me, but of course, uh, Lee Bayer was asked about that in, uh, in press day today. Uh, and said he hasn't given up on the idea of actually tying Joe down to a new deal here at the club instead. We're trying our hardest to get Joe to sign a contract. Um, 
obviously there's speculation earlier on in the week with Arsenal if that is the case then uh, shows we've done a good job with Joe and to get a team like Arsenal recognising him so um, he wasn't playing last season hardly and now he's got clubs like Arsenal looking at him that's if it's true could be his agent just putting it out there um, trying to bring interest to Joe but I've, I've spoken to Joe on a number of occasions he knows how we feel about him and uh He's progressing, he's improving, so this is the right place for him to be. Um, but I know it's, it's, it's difficult at the moment. We're, we're trying our hardest to get Joe to sign, not just for us, but for his own career. And um, Joe understands that, and hopefully we, we can overcome the barrier that, that's getting put in front of us. So there we go. Obviously, Lee Bayer himself suggesting it may well be agent talk, linking. Um, Joe Rebo and Arsenal um, but I mean whether it is or isn't it doesn't um, hide the fact that you know still no contract I mean Bayer's seemed pretty confident throughout the last few weeks but I mean if he was going to sign you'd think he'd be close to doing so by now I mean the, do you think we will actually keep him Nath? Um, uh, yeah you'd hope so uh, I think a lot of um, players, I reckon, are holding out, or they've been advised by their agents to hold out until the summer, to just to know, see where we are. Because I think if Joe signs a contract now, let's say for example it was hundred quid a week, say, and he signs it, but then, right. yeah, but you never know. <laughs> hundred and twenty minimum. Yeah, <laughs> and then we get, but then let's say we get promoted, he's probably going to be more in a stronger position in the summer to demand more money. Hundred and fifty a week. 132 and then <laughs> <laughs> come it's Roland um, but yeah I, I think a lot of players will be doing that um, I think Joe will know deep down in his heart of hearts what he wants to do mm. um, but he does he don't want to there's no rush for him to do it now yeah. um, so I can understand his point of view but obviously all of us want him to sign so we know we're secure I guess Tom it's not unheard of for an agent to put a, a story out into a newspaper in order to garner interest from other like make people know that he's available maybe um even sort of lift up his status within the game. If if people think that Arsenal are in for him, then maybe all of a sudden someone lower down in the Prem or higher up in the champ might think, well, if they're in for him, we might have a look at him as well. Yeah, that's part of the job of the agent is to get that best deal possible for him so you understand why it's being done. Uh, I like the, some of the stuff Boya said today around maybe Aribo's mentality and, and everything as a whole. Uh, for me, it's going to be very dependent, and I think we've said this a few times, on where we are next year. Um I think if we're in the championship, that's such a good place for Joe to then push himself there, test himself there. I'm sure we think he's got the ability to do it, but he needs to prove that. Uh, and I do agree with Boya that I think if he goes to Arsenal, there's a danger he'll get lost. He's not ready to play first team football there. You see the likes of Bielik come down here from some of their youth teams. So you think, well, why is he going to go there and do it there? Because I'm not sure that necessarily he play that many games. So for me, he's in the right place at the moment. If we don't go up, I could understand why he would want to leave. Uh, so whether we're going to have to wait to see that, I don't know. But in the meantime, the agent's going to do all he can just to see what's the best deal he can get, whether it's from us or whether it's from a club somewhere else. The only thing I don't understand is like... I mean, do people actually fall for the for the, for the story? I mean, because the agents are known for putting this sort of stuff out there now. I mean, was it? Do, do you remember when Harry Lennon? Uh, sorry, not Harry Lennon. Morgan Fox was linked with Man United. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I mean, surely people must look at that and think, well, probably probably not. 
not yeah. too much in that one. Yeah, I think in recent events you can look at the media in terms of our uh, pers- prospective new owners and takeovers. Um, I think people can you know can take everything with a pinch of salt and I'm one of the boring crew and say you know when it's on the official site sort of thing. But yeah, I mean you don't read too much into it. I'd be surprised if Uno Emery. Uno? Uno Emery? <laughs> That's a game, isn't it? Uno Emery. Even close. Uno? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know who Joe Rebo is, but um, yeah, I think I think it's paper talk, but we'll, we'll soon see. But I'm confident it'll stay if we go up. Yeah, now That's... of course, a, uh, another another player whose uh, future is still uh, very much up for debate. One we spoke to here on Charlton Live a couple of weeks ago, Patrick Bauer, uh, when I asked him about his, his contract situation, he... he he certainly wasn't given much away. Obviously, we know that he sent those tweets uh, earlier on uh, in in the season, saying he would not sign a new contract when his uh, his deal is up at the end of this year. I asked him a couple of weeks ago for Charlton Live, and it certainly wasn't committing to anything. Even if we got promoted, uh, he said we'd we'd still have to see where we were, and and then he'd maybe talk. But um, yeah, Lee Bowyer was was asked about uh, Bowers' future today. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is. Uh, I think he, he admits even if we do go up, uh, it might not be a done deal that he's going to stay here at the Valley. Yeah, Pat made it clear last summer that he's not going to sign another contract here. I think the only chance we have of Pat Bauer staying here is if we get promotion. And we've known that since the summer, so nothing's changed regarding Pat. Pat's been excellent. I think his performance is have been outstanding and um, it's something that we can't really control so Pat knows that that the way we feel about him we would love him to stay but I think we need to get promotion for that to happen So there we go Bo you're sort of uh, saying even if uh I mean, we we would love him to stay and we need to get promotion for that to happen but I mean do you think it's a any way that that will, even if we do get promotion, I mean, Blackburn linked again. I noticed in the new shopper today. Um, obviously, they were heavily linked with him in the summer. Um, came close to to a move, according to uh, various sources at the time. Obviously, in the end, we managed to, uh, to to hold on to him. I mean, do you think there's any chance he'd be tempted to stay here? Because obviously, we know, especially if we're in League One, I think that's a write off. But even if we get up to the Championship with the current state of the ownership and the lack of stability at the club, it would be so hard for a, a contract offer to come in that would entice him to stay I imagine yeah I think and I think um, goes back to sort of my Aribo point really it's, I mean Pat's got the cards in all his hands we go up if we don't go up he knows he's off if we go up um, he's probably going to have a, you know he's not going to have a, a hundreds of clubs after him but he'll have a good choice and he'll be able to sit down with with, um, with his family or whoever's over here with him and and sort of analyse each prospect because he's been here quite a few years now. Like you say, it's probably getting to a stage now where it's just he just might want a new challenge, want want a bit of normality in his career and be at a club that's stable, like you say. So um, I wouldn't begrudge him a move, but because uh, I think he's been professional and he's he's played very very well, and I think he's earned his chance. He's been a been a rock for us, and um, I'd be sad to see him go there. Yeah, Tom, do you think that the, the the instability of the club will affect his decision going forward, even if they come in and offer him like a decent contract, which obviously remains to be seen next year. If he could get a similar offer at Blackburn or better, or any other club in the championship, you know, this is assuming we're, we're getting promoted, which is obviously a, a dangerous assumption to make. But do you think the instability of the club might just put him off staying anyway? Yeah, I do, because it's the same thing as, as what happened with Carlin. Look, it, okay, he's gone to the Premier League now, but we all knew Huddersfield are going to get relegated. Um, so really, he's gone for stable championship football next year. 
And even if we do go up, there's no guarantee. First of all, there's no guarantee we're going up. Second of all, if we do, we're not going to be, we'll probably be one of the favourites for relegation because squad is unproven at that level and the owner's a basket case and we don't know what players we're going to sign. So if you're someone like Bow and you've got the option of sticking with that, even if we do go up, which is the best scenario at the moment, or going to Blackburn, who are more stable in the championship, you're probably going to make that decision. And for all that the fans love him, and I think he he's enjoyed his time here, I don't think he has necessarily a massive affinity with the club, and he sees it as a a job and a profession. But I, you know, I don't think uh, maybe someone like Naby Sarr, you could see him maybe thinking about extending because of the cult status he's got here. Patrick Barrow, I don't quite see it the same. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes, and, and I kind of understand why, but. Again, it'll be a shame to lose him. Do you think any form of uncertainty for the players of what could happen beyond this season can affect their performances on the pitch now? Because I mean, I mean you you may remember sort of yeah, just about this time last year, we we had a couple of dodgy games. It saw the end of Carl Robinson's spell here when he ended up going to Oxford. Of course, I remember. It was, I think it was after the uh, the Blackpool game away on a Tuesday night. We got beat by by a goal to nil, and Carl. Uh, not, not talking too much about the performance itself, he started talking about how the players, with their you know their uncertainty around the contracts beyond the end of that season, they were struggling with morale a little bit. Perhaps do you think do you think that could affect the players, or was that was that more of an excuse? Because you wouldn't really say uh, the performances over the last few weeks, even from the the types of players who are going to be out of contract at the end of the season, have really dropped off too much, have you? No, I think. Um... The only the only player I think if you did have a an argument for that would probably be Tariq. Um, he's not been himself. He's put a thing out whether the whether he's on his Twitter or whatever it was. Um, but I'm in the camp where I know obviously I don't work with the players every day like obviously Robinson did. Um, but I think as a player, as a professional, as soon as you cross that white line, your your mindset is on to win that game or winning that next challenge or win, making that next pass. I don't think they're sitting there thinking about their contract on a football pitch, and I wouldn't. I don't think it will affect their performances at all. But that said, like I said about T, um, who knows? I mean, you know, everyone's different. Everyone manages um, and deals with certain situations in different ways. And um, but yeah, like you say, the last last couple of weeks um, for sure, I can't see anything uh, affecting the morale as such. Um, because and I don't think Bose will. I think I think they're a professional bunch and. And I, th- I think they know that all the players that want to tie down, they probably know they will get an offer at some stage, like deals and stuff. Um, and they just got that, you know, they do need to earn their contract, basically. Mm. Right. Um, of course, there is one more man who's still yet to be offered a new contract. Lee Bayer himself, uh, the addict's boss, who's done such a good job here uh, in, in his year in charge. We passed the, the, the one-year mark over, over the last few days during the international break. He um, he himself, uh, he, he did say a couple of weeks ago he was going to be offered a contract, and now it sounds like that offer is getting closer and closer. Uh, yeah, I had a message, text message last night from, from someone that works for the owner and says that they're going to offer me one... Um, next week. So, we'll, we'll see. Do you mean one a contract or one year? Well, a contract. They're going to put something, like propose something to me. I don't know what that is yet. Um, so, once I do see it, then I'm guessing you will ask me not long after what what it was about. So, um, but yeah, no, nothing's been put to me yet. What about the rest of your backroom team? No, no, it's the same. I think I'm guessing that they're going to deal with myself first, and and then the others will follow. So, obviously, 
in my eyes, we've all done a good job. Not not just myself or just Jacko. Marshy's done well. Like look at Dylan. So um, yeah, I think I think we all deserve a, a new contract for sure. Do you have anything in the back of your mind about the length of a contract that would suit you? No, I'm going to see what they propose first, and then we'll go from there. There's no point jumping to conclusions and, and saying stuff that, that isn't right. Um, I'm going to see what they propose, and then we'll go from there. So there we go, Boya. Uh, still waiting for his offer. It sounds like he's going to be offered something next week now, which of course will be all over when when it gets leaked into the into the news. Um, uh, how how will Roland attack this? Because obviously we know uh, Lee Boya's stock is very high. Um, Roland's interest seems to be very low at times. Uh, will he will he do the right thing and offer a, a decent contract to make sure the manager stays on? Be surprised, wouldn't you? I expect it'll be a, a one year on a reduced rate, knowing him. But um, Boya fully deserves uh, an improved deal and a, and a long deal here because he's the only stable thing, really, or he's certainly brought a lot of the stability that we've seen this season and he deserves a huge amount of credit for that. We've called him a miracle worker so many times this season because, OK, he has been able to bring players in, but he's had to do that with almost no money. Um, he's obviously come from almost no experience as a manager. Obviously, he had that little stint at the end of last season and... You look at the year as a whole since he's been here and all, almost all of the results have been positive and where there have been little negative runs, he's just been open and honest and he knows where it's gone wrong and it hasn't been long until he's fixed that. So I think he deserves a huge amount of credit. He deserves that new contract and you would hope that one of Roland's parting gifts would be to give him a decent contract. But I think in reality, we know how the man's mind works or even if it works at all and that would be my concern. But let's wait and see next next week. He said, uh, Tony Huddle question him about it next week so we'll, we'll see if there's been an update then If there is uh, a one year deal for example I ma- you'd imagine Bayou would take it I think he understands the situation at the club where it might be unlikely that he's going to get offered more than one year but I, the, the main worry is going to be about wages of course isn't it I mean, hopefully he's going to be offered a, a decent wage and, and he's not going to be I mean Roland's not going to try and take the mick I mean Bob Liscombe's just tweeted in saying Duchat they won't invest in the club so it's unlikely Bayer or any player will get much of a new deal probably his favourite 2% Yeah I mean, it's difficult because I think with Bose I mean um, I think with any manager they'll probably get some sort of bonus in terms of promotion um, I don't know if he had that if that's built in this year um, be interesting if he has uh, but yeah, I mean, if you if you think back, when was it? It was only a couple of weeks ago. He was a year in charge, wasn't it? And then if you think about it, I mean, the the transition of where we were when Robbo was here to now, it's chalk and cheese. It's completely different. We're playing better. So he not only does he deserve a contract, um, and just on what he's done and the the achievements so far, I think making it stable and settled for the first team squad because. Even like now, how how on earth? Bo's not... Even though we know that Bo's is probably going to be looking for next year, looking at players, he can't exactly go there and entice players to this, this club without... Are you here next year, Bo's? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that needs to start because Steve Gallen and the recruitment team are probably banging their heads against the wall because they want to get this started. And, yeah. and, and without Bo signing... It's pointless. Yeah, excellent. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we'll find out who has come back from international duty with a little bit of an injury. She loves 
Williams exchange passes. Williams drifts past his man, born in the box. It's an Ooh. awkward one. Taylor controls. Taylor trying to pass it back to Prattley. Oh, oh, Taylor Prattley! What a strike from the Joel midfielder on the edge of the box. Touchdown by Lyle Taylor. And Darren Prattley unleashes a hell of a strike. Pass Arnold down to his left. Could do nothing about that one. Welcome back to uh, Charlton Live. I seem to turn into Alan Partridge just before the uh, the start of the the start of the awful the advert there. <laughs> I, I blame on the fact I've got a slight cold coming on. For some reason, I've turned into Alan Partridge. Uh, injury, <laughs> uh, right? Um, well, let's find out who has come back from international duty uh, with an injury. Lee Bailey was asked about that during today's uh, press day. Not everyone, unfortunately, has come back with a clean bill of health, including myself. It would seem. Yeah. Um... Christian's come back with a bad ankle. Uh, it's not too bad. He'll miss this weekend and, and we're hopeful it'll be back for Plymouth. So, um, yeah, disappointing, but we can't control that. That's that's what happens and and we have to just get on with it and we have good players to come in and, and, and replace him. So, um, disappointing, but something that we can't control, unfortunately. Yeah, another injury setback, nonetheless. So um, you would have been hoping that everyone came back injury free. Yeah, obviously, you always we had five or six go out, so um, we was hoping that they'd all be come come back good. Obviously, with Johnny Williams getting fit again, so but no, wasn't the case. Are others available to you on Saturday that have not been in contention? Uh, Johnny Williams, he's he's trained this week. Um, he looks good. Um, that's it. Just, just Johnny Williams. He's back in. He'll be back in the squad. Um, Drake Forster Kasky started training with us this week, which is good. Obviously, not going to be involved in the squad or anything for a while. But for him to be back at, in and around the lads training, and it's non-contact this week. But we're we're hoping next week it, it might move on a little bit more. And so yeah, that's that's a plus for for him and for us. Could he play before the end of the season? It's going to be touch and go. Um, I've spoken to Jake about this already. I'd love to have him in and around the squad for selection before the end of the season because he's a good player. I really think highly of him. So, um, But again, he's been out a long time since pre-season. And um, it just depends on... How he goes himself, I can't control that. Don't think he can control that. He's worked so hard to get to where he is. So um, hopefully he does, but we can't put no time frame on it. If if he's ready and he's sharp and and he's doing better than other lads, then he'll be involved. If he isn't, then he won't. Your captain Jason Pierce, I take it he's okay now. He will be in contention for Saturday. Yep, yep, he's okay. Um, obviously they had a, a few days rest so that that, that helped him um, but yeah he, he's, he's in contention as well Yeah, you got a bit of a dilemma in central defence with him available now have you not? yeah but I had that before the break um, to be fair the, the back four have been solid with a goalie um, since the turn of the year so yeah, 
again, it's healthy, you know, that, that's what I want. Headache for me, but it's, it's best for the team and that's the most important thing. There we go, Lee Bowyer updating us on the injury situation here at the club. So a, a few different ones to talk about there, but I guess first of all, um, the, the fact that um, that Christian Billick has come back uh, with an ankle knock after playing those dirty English so-and-sos in the, in the uh, for Poland in the under-21s. Uh, not ideal, but given how it sounded at the start of the week when Bowyer was saying it doesn't look good, it, it's kind of a relief that possibly only going to be out for one, maybe two games. Yeah, big relief because we've seen uh, the difference he can make to this side uh, pretty much since he's been in, to be honest. But in recent weeks, particularly, I think one of the other uh, recent games was by far and away the best game he's had since he's been here. So, yeah, he's a massive player for us. And again, I come back to the fact that we are playing Bradford this weekend. Again, if you were going to pick one game for him to miss, it's probably the game against bottom of the league. So, it's uh, It could be a lot worse and obviously we hope he's fit for the likes of Luton coming up. Um, but the other thing is that we've got fairly good strength in depth in those positions. So again, if, if he was to miss out, then there are players that can come in. But he's such a big player for us that the, the quicker he's back, the better. Yeah. I, mean, well, I mean, the only thing I would say with Billick is, I mean, th- there is really absolutely no need to rush him back. So if it's touch and go for the Plymouth, if this time next week it's touch and go for Plymouth, don't risk it at all. I mean, it's point- it'd be pointless. Just give him a couple of weeks rest, really. And then, you know, we- we- we've got a healthy gap. Uh, in the playoff places, we're still nine points above uh, Peterborough, who are the, the side in seventh now, um, with a game in hand as well. So, I mean, the the worst case scenario is this time next week will be six, uh, with still a game in hand. So you'd think that there would really be no reason to, to rush Billick back when he would be a massive miss if all of a sudden he got injured for the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think if we, if, if we were sitting here now and it was what, two games to go and we're chasing playoffs then I could probably understand risking them but like you say it's that's no disrespect to um, Bradford um, I know yeah. the, the plan on the show tonight is to disrespect Bradford <laughs> a lot because <laughs> they are I've bottom. seen their record yeah. <laughs> they are bottom but yeah it's like Tom said if it's one team you wanted to pick that you lose one of your decent midfielders it would be playing you know the bottom of the league and um, I think we've got enough I think Josh has shown that he can play there more than comfortably um, Prattley can play there if need be, possibly even George. So, yeah, I don't think there's any need, no point rushing him, especially what we've got Luton in what a f- couple of weeks or three, two, three weeks time as well. Luton and yeah. then and then Oxford, where you want to beat the, obviously Robbo's team, and then you've got the playoffs. Hopefully, I'm still <laughs> <laughs> I'm still saying hopefully, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I agree. It's no point risking him. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, another mention, of course, uh, Johnny Williams, Mister Mister Last Couple. Uh, again, sounds like he's he's likely to be back. Do you think he'll come straight into start, Tom? I don't think he will, um, but I'd like him to. But Ben Reeves, since he's been in, has has looked good the last few weeks. So again, it's one of those that I don't see the need to rush him back. He's one of them players that could be a real game changer in the playoffs and towards the latter lat part of the season. So I think I personally wouldn't start him, but. I'm one of those that just can't wait to see him come back in because I've liked what I've seen and I still don't think he's shown his full potential. So I think there's a lot more to come from him. Yeah. And of course, Piercy being back against Bristol Rovers uh, will, will give Bowyer a bit of a selection headache uh, against Bradford on Saturday. But we'll have that debate later on in the show when, when we properly preview the game. But obviously a mention there for, for Jake Forster-Kasky. Uh, start of the season, we all, we all found out just before the season started that he was expected to be out for the whole year. And it sounds like he has he's recovering well. Um <laughs> 
It'd be interesting, A, if you're going to risk him before the end of the season, if it's worthwhile, but B, when you've had a team that's done so well, to all of a sudden chuck in a new central midfielder for, for maybe the last couple of games or even the playoffs, that'd be a hell of a weight on his shoulders. Um, so it would be interesting to see if he is risked before the end of the season. You can imagine he'd be chomping at the bit, of course, though. Yeah, he would be. And uh, like you say, it would be a big risk um, because it's not, it's all well, well and good that, you know, that his knees were covered, which is great. But to lose that pre-season of all those games under your belt and it's match fitness as well. It's not you can be fit as a fiddle, but you, you are not necessarily match fit. Um, so he'll be playing, obviously, I'd imagine, at some, some point, some under-23s games. And he'll just have to see how, he, how, how his knee reacts to it, how he reacts to it. Um, yeah, all of us are like him in and around the squad. Um, you know, hopefully towards the end of April or something, or maybe even sooner. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't want to risk because it's it's a, it's a, it's a bad injury. Um, you wouldn't want to risk his future just by him chomping at the bit. But Bose Bose knows him. He obviously one of the favourites, and he for Bose. But yeah, I'd I want him to see him play. But we've got to be careful with his injury because he's been out for same as Billy Clark. Mm. Billy Clark's only just started playing for Bradford, hasn't he? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, Clark will be back here at the Valley on Saturday, and we'll be looking ahead to that home game with Bradford City in a few moments' time. We'll just have a quick break, then we'll come back, and we're going to hear from the Charlton Athletic women's team. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Momentum has been with Charlton. They've really played well this Oh, it's a quickly taken happened. corner into Williams in the penalty area. Chip ball back across. Headed clear. Only as far as Saar gets something on it. So does Vettikele. Oh! oh, cleared away. Let me saw again. Yes! Yes! Come on! This time it was Vettikele. He got Vettikele's head up. I don't know who it come off in the end. <laughs> deflected in. It might have been Williams. I've no idea who that came off last. But it over the outstretched hand of Ramsdale. But it was Vettikele's head up. John McEwen up for the uh, dropping ball, but it took a deflection off of somebody, and it's in the back of the net. It's 
Welcome back. It's Charlton Live, the big match preview coming to you live here on your Thursday evening from the Valley here in SE7. Of course, we'll be looking ahead to Saturday's home game with uh, bottom of the league Bradford City in a few moments' time. But last Sunday, it was a huge game for the China Athletic women's team at home against Manchester United uh, in the race for a top two finish in that championship, the FA Women's Championship. Unfortunately, the Addicts ended up uh, defeated by two goals to one. Leaves them now seven points off that top two. Uh, Man United went to the top of the league with that win. Spurs now are in second. Charlton uh, seven points behind them with uh, four games left to play. So it's a big ask now to get into that top two. Um, but after the game on Saturday, uh, the Addicts, uh, they defended really well for the first half, going at nil-nil, then perhaps a little bit unfortunate with a penalty against Charlotte Gurr, uh, who was uh, accused of handball. The referee gave the spot kick. Uh, Man United doubled the lead soon after this, about 20 minutes into the second half. Uh, Kit Graham came off the bench, pulled one back with 10 minutes left to go, and Charlton looked a lot better uh, in those uh, closing stages once Kit and Lily uh, Ag came on. Uh, but unfortunately, they weren't able to find an equaliser. Now, after the game, I spoke to Charlotte Kerr, of course, full back uh, for the Addicts. Uh, she was the reason the game was being played on, on Sunday, actually. Originally, you'll remember uh, that fixture had started, but then had to be called off after a nasty injury to Charlotte. Um, luckily, uh, she's fine now. She's back playing. I spoke to her after the game for the rearranged match. Also spoke to Ratish Mishma. But first of all, uh, we'll hear from Charlotte, Ger- uh, Charlotte Kerr after the defeat against Manchester United. Uh, yeah, definitely. Every girl on that pitch gave 100%. Um, I couldn't be proud of my team, really. Just unfortunate, you know, not everything's going to go your way, um, but I think we fight it to the end, and we deserved that goal as well, and just unlucky to take, not take a point away from the game. And as a defensive unit, obviously you're always going to have your work cut out today, and kept him at bay for so long, and it, it looked like he was going to be just unlucky with a, a penalty and a set piece. Yeah, um, I think we stood our ground, we stayed compact, we played the way we were supposed to play, and do you know what? They struggled to break us down. They had to score from a penalty and a, you know, a set piece. Like we're happy that as long as they didn't break break us down, I'm I'm happy. And if you know, I don't. It could have been handball. You don't know. But if our player hadn't thrown her body on the line, it would have been a goal. So either way, I don't think she should feel down about it at all. Obviously, as a team that is used to going forward and scoring a lot of goals, every now and then you have to play a slightly different way, like like a side like Man United, is it difficult to try and adapt to that? Um, I think we're quite an adaptable team, we can play various formations so I don't think that's a weakness for us not being able to go forward um, we just practice breaking when we can and staying compact and working together as a team and Obviously once Kit got a goal with, with 10 minutes left to go, it really could have gone either way and with with Kit and Lily coming on as well, it looked like Charlton had a decent chance of coming back into it at the end there. Yeah, we have such a strong bench to bring on, we've got so many um, great players in this team um, so it was definitely, even though we were tuning down and we scored to make it 2-1, we weren't, we weren't out of the game. We, we had that chance, so it just didn't come off for us. I think obviously the result now probably rules us out of the, the top two, um, realistically. But to have gone toe-to-toe for the majority of the season with a side like Man United, whose budget is probably a million times bigger than Charlton's, I mean, it shows how well the, the Addicts have adapted to their first season in the Championship. I think we've done great. And do you know what? We're just going to keep pushing to the end of the season and just see what happens. Because, you know, things always change. You just don't know what's going to happen. And obviously, from a personal point of view, Charlton fans will be delighted to see you back on your feet now over the last few weeks. How, how are you feeling? Obviously, it was the, the previous Man United game that got called off where you got hurt. Um, no, I'm feeling fine now. I've got a great support around me, staff and players. So, yeah, I feel great. feel good back playing. I think, firstly... The, the performance defensively was um, everything we asked for. We asked them to work hard, set them in a specific shape. I think the players stuck to a game plan, uh, probably the best they've done all season. And we kept a, a team of international level players out for most of the period. I mean, they scored two set pieces. 
Um, I don't know the penalty, if it was or if it wasn't. I'm not seeing it back. It looked quite harsh. Um, and they scored from a corner, which is a sloppy bit of play, uh, before it gets to the point. And then, you know, I think she had a free header uh, in and around the six-yard box. So, bar two set pieces, um, we kind of kept them out. And then um, you saw towards the end, we had a bit more impetus, scored a brilliant goal, great technique uh, for the finish. Had one or two of the moments. Um, it's tough to take when you lose, but I, ca I can't have asked my players to do any more. Yeah, that, that penalty decision against Charlotte Goh is mm. one of those ones where, of course, your players are putting their bodies on the line yeah. throughout, you know, defensively. Yeah. So yeah. it was pretty close range as well, so question marks perhaps? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's two or three yards away from you, sometimes you can't move your, your hand out of the way. And, you know, I don't know if it hit a hand or not. I've not seen it back, but, um, yeah, it's questionable. Ifs and buts, really. They gave it. And we conceded, unfortunately. And then to concede so soon afterwards as well took a bit of sting out of our our play but when we made the changes in the second half we the tide changed a little bit um, we were a bit more open um, they hit us on the counter a few times but we scored like I say a brilliant goal uh, I think if Liz Juppie's chance just before that goes in um, it could have been a different game as well but you know again ifs and buts uh, proud of performance of course disappointed with the result of course, as you say, um, asking them to play a slightly different way today, not something they've yeah. had to do too often, but they, they seem really comfortable in that in that setup for until that first goal went in, really. Yeah, well, I think, you know, as um, as managers and as players, we've got decisions to make when you go into games like this. You can, um, you know, you can try and stick to how you play week in, week out, or you can understand and respect who you're playing against and, you know, if that plays to your strengths or not. For us, I think the best way for us to try and win the game was to stay in the game um, and make sure physically towards the end we, we could go and press and go and attack. Um, we can't match a team who train you know, five days a week who are full-time. We don't have... Uh, I mean, every one of them are probably athletically be better than pretty much most of ours. So you can't go toe-to-toe -to -toe from the start of the game. So we had to set up differently. Um, we stayed in the game for the most part. You know, it, game plans worked to an extent. Um, we were always in the game, but just unfortunately... Like I say, we, we didn't take our one or two moments. Two set pieces, we concede. So, you know, 2-1 we lose. And obviously, the, as you said, it became quite open when, when Lillian Kick came on. And it shows, yeah. again, like going toe-to-toe -to -toe going forward, that your side have got the quality at times to, to scare teams like this. I think so. Look, our four players, most, I mean, they uh, can create chances against anyone in this league. And we, we say that to them. Um, and we've got a lot of players behind them who can deliver with good quality. I, th I think just, you know... In games like today, it's about your work ethic, your discipline, being able to work hard for, your, for yourself and your teammates, um, especially in the way we set them up. So, you know, our, um, the way we set up and the players who started the game who did very, very well. That was their main job, work hard. Um, so, you know, we went with a, a few changes, which probably surprised Man United as well as a few of our uh, fans. But I think that was to make sure we had the right players working hard in the right areas to give us a chance um, to go and try and hit them later on. And of course, today was probably a must-win in terms of that that top two. So, yeah. arguably, that's that's gone now. But to have gone so close to the likes of Spurs and Man United throughout the season in your first season of the Championship, I mean, you you must be pleased overall with how it's gone this year. I mean, when you look back, I probably you know I probably would be, but I still feel disappointed because I think we've we've given up um, an opportunity where we could have really gone. Um, gone on and finishing the top two I still think there's a little bit to go there by the way because uh, from the Spurs' fixtures they've got a really tough run in I don't know exactly where it leaves us now but I think if we can go without conceding um, go and win every game I think that Spurs will slip points up and you know who knows what can happen 
So there we go. Ratish is certainly not giving up on those top two hopes for the women's team uh, just yet. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully, it's unlikely, but you never know. You might get that little bit of luck and uh, Charlton women, even if they don't, it's been a fantastic first season in the championship for the girls. Right, let's start to turn our attention to Saturday's home game with uh, Bradford City. Um, yeah, the, the Bantams have been in all sorts of trouble uh, this season. Uh, and uh, uh, Simon Parker from the, the Telegraph and Argus, uh, I mean, he obviously at the, the forefront of it, Watching, watching Bradford City every week, uh, spoke to him to find out how he has uh, seen it for, for Bradford this season. Uh, and he admits they have not had the uh, the best of years. It's, it's disappeared down the plug hole this season, has to be fair. I mean, it was, you know, I think we spoke at the start of the season about, you know, there was a lot of changes in the summer and I think people were sort of apprehensive because obviously a lot of good players are gone and there's a lot of unproven players and there have been a very strange sort of recruitment policy and it's just really basically the season's just been one long demise I mean but obviously Michael Collins came in at the start completely untried and that, that didn't work out and he was gone within the first week of September and then David Hopkins came in in fact his first home game was against Charlton and you know he took a while to turn him around because basically the club the club didn't look fit enough at the start of the season and by the sort of November, December time, they seem to be up to scratch. I mean, he sort of beasted them a bit on the training ground. And, and the results, well, for a while, or at least a month or so, really improved. I mean, they got four wins in five over Christmas. And he was nominated for manager of the month for January. But that was sort of really as good as it's got. And it's, you know, it's just gone back downhill again pretty much ever since. And obviously, David Hopkins had enough after they lost at Walsall at the end of February. And now we're on yet another manager in Gary Bowyer, who's basically picked up a very bad hand. Yeah, and of course, um, five defeats out of the last six, six points from safety stuck at the bottom of the table. There is is time running out for Bradford. Have they started to almost give up hope, some of the supporters? Well, I think, you know, I think supporters have given up hope. I mean, you know, I've got to be honest, and I'll be amazed if they stay up. You know, it's it's one of those where all along you thought they would do, but they've had that many opportunities in the last sort of month, six weeks, where you think if they get a result this week, they'll really get, you know, they can really get going. I mean, it was summed up by David Hopkins' last game at Walsall when, you know, it was, it was a, literally a must-win. I mean, Walsall went in the game two points ahead of them. And so um, City knew if they won there, they'd go above them and they'd probably go out the bottom four. And then after five minutes, Walsall had the centre-forward sent off. They go into the game, they've lost five previous games. The centre-forward's gone off. Five minutes later, Bradford take the lead. So after 10 minutes, it's 1-0 against 10 men. And they managed to lose 3-2, considered three goals to a, a team who, you know, down to 10 men who'd lost five in a row before that. So that was sort of summed up the way it's gone. And, and since then, they've had missed opportunities. I mean, even back to last Saturday when they had a dreadful home result against Blackpool. And that, that was bearing in mind six of the other bottom seven all lost. So had they got a result against Blackpool, they would have cut the gap. So it's, you know, it, it was probably the one big opportunity that, Probably the last big opportunity they'll have. I mean, while the maths still look, you know, that it's still on six point seven games, what have you. you know, I think no one really looks at it who's watched them and can see this team really stringing a run of results together. You know, it will be some achievement and certainly not not something that you know the recent form would suggest they can do. So, where has the downturn over the last couple of years come from? Because I mean, everyone remember Bradford in the the playoff final not two years ago, and since then it seems to have just gone downhill I mean are the fans getting restless with with owners with chairmen uh, the, the, well it was the chairman who's gone 
I mean, basically, it's you know, it, it's, it's easy to point a finger at one man, but it, it almost became one man's plaything. I mean, the, the, the German when the German owners came in, Stefan Rupp and Eden Rachich. Uh, Stefan Rupp was the money man, and he basically took a back seat and left it to Edin Rahic, who sort of basically told him, I'm an expert, I'll do the football side. And Stefan said, fair enough, you get on with it. And Edin Rahic, well, as his record proved, was an absolute disaster. I mean, he's he basically dismantled the team. As, as you say, two years ago, they went to the playoff final against Millwall in a game where there was nothing in it. I think you look back on two chances in that game, uh, uh, City had a good chance Billy Clark had a good chance well saved by the keeper and basically Melbourne scored five at the end and that was basically all that was in that game there was nothing between the two sides and now they're sort of light years apart and it's almost a case of we, we look at it and think Edinburgh Hatch was almost like a popularity contest he wanted to be the football club and I think he resented Stuart McCall who was a manager because obviously he's got such a great history with City and he's such so hugely popular and, and, and even when they were in the playoff final, the fact they lost it was the first chance he had to sort of, you know, criticise McCall. He was almost, I think he, he was jealous of every every time Stewart pulled off a good result. And for a long time, basically, you know, the McCall team overachieved considering what was going on behind the scenes. And unfortunately, once he got rid of him last February, since then it's just accelerated downhill. When we talked about the recruitment was you know, sort of scattergun. And, you know, they basically, they, they've sort of left, although he left in December, finally, I mean, it's, you know, they, they're, they're sort of picking through the ruins now and, and sort of, you know, the aftermath is going to go on for some time yet. Mm. Now, what has Gary Bowyer bought that, that's different? Because clearly results haven't uh, improved. It took a long time for him to actually arrive as well. So has, has he had a, a chance to really make his mark on this team yet? Well, it's difficult for him. I mean, he's coming a very positive fellow and, uh, you know, he's, he seems to have lifted the place. I think I think people like him. You know, he's, he's very sort of affable, and like, they look at his record. I mean, he obviously had you know, three years at Blackburn, and then he had two years at Blackpool. So he's, you know, he's used to working in you know quite demanding circumstances, shall we say? And he, he's picked it up. I mean, obviously coming in at this stage, you can't bring any players in, so he's sort of lumped with the the squad they've got. And I think he's realised pretty pretty quickly that you know it's the, the lack of balance of options available. I mean. The biggest problem with, with City, when you compare it by other teams, is they're, they're not big enough. You know, there's not a lot of physical height and presence, and they've got no speed. So, you know, it's sort of basic ingredients you need at this level in particular, and that they are lack, they are lacking. So he's, you know, he got a result in the first game against Peterborough, and they played well in parts against Luton the following game, but then Oxford was a bit of a killer, where they lost to a controversial goal in stoppage time, and then. Obviously, Saturday was an eye-opener against the team in which um, he, he brought in eight of those 11 Blackpool players. So, on one way, while it was humiliating to watch City getting torn apart like they were, I think the other part of it was a lot of supporters were sort of thinking, hang on a minute, that he built that side and they're quite solid you know, for this level. And So, if you give him time, let's hope he can perhaps do the same here. Mm. Now, looking ahead to Saturday... Uh, I normally sort of ask what the strengths and weaknesses of a side are. I guess it might be easier to link the, to uh, list the weaknesses at the moment. But, I mean, what would you say are Bradford's strengths, in particular when they play away from home, if they have got any? Well, again, it's, you know, the, the last away win was on you know, the end of December at Rochdale when they absolutely destroyed them 4-0. And that was during that purple patch. And you looked at them and you thought they were attacking at will. I mean, Jack Payne was pulling all the strings and you thought, yeah, this team are going to do this. But 
but they, they've been so, you know the form's been so poor between now and then it's, it's very difficult to put a case for them at all I mean they've stopped scoring I mean they, 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 they were a team that had goals in them but that, they seem, that seems to have dried up as well now you know the, the best players have been the lone players Jack Payne who again has gone off the boil since sort of January David Ball who's on loan from Rotherham and uh, Lewis O'Brien a young lad from Huddersfield in his first full season who's probably experienced more in his first season than some players or was, you know, sort of experienced in the first decade, but, but he's really, you know, he's done very well, but, but they are, they are a team who looks so low on confidence and they've, they've got this shocking record that when they go behind, they lose. I mean, all season, they've only recovered one point from a losing position, hmm. which is, you know, it's a staggering statistic after 39 games. So you, you look at it and I think the, the only case you could put them up for Saturday is the fact that because nobody at all will expect them to get a result, you know, they, they have got the ultimate underdog status and Charlton, well, if there's any complacency creeps in, perhaps that might be City's best chance because certainly in terms of form and that, it's it's very difficult to sort of say how they can sort of get a result down there. And I'm guessing they'll, they'll come to the Valley and sort of set up to be very difficult to break down really to see what they can try and eke out of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing was, if they got a result last week against Blackpool, this, this week we could always be a bit of a bonus. In a sense, I think they went into sort of the last, you know, seven or eight games thinking you've got to win at least half of those. And obviously they've now blown one of them. And they've got to claw that back in a game where they won't be expected to get anything. So it is difficult to see how they'll approach it, whether they have a bit of a go. But defensively, the goals they conceded last week were so dreadful as well, and having tightened up previously. So... Brittle confidence is the is the the weak link for them all the time. You know the heads drop far too easily once things go wrong. I mean they they were at Portsmouth a month ago and for twenty minutes they were in the game there was little in it. Then they gave away a soft penalty and instantly crumbled. And it's sort of that that sort of thing that happens time and time again. And and then that's why you sort of you, you look at it and you just can just see one sort of inevitable outcome at the end of the season. Sadly, not. Sounding very good for Bradford City. Simon Parker there from the uh, Telegraph and Argus up there. Um, I mean, you can't disrespect a team, although obviously that is this show's aim, is to purely disrespect Bradford City. But I mean, you could either say this would be an absolute embarrassment if we don't win this. Or you could say, oh, it's a bit of a banana skin, I guess. But, I mean, listening to that, I mean, it sounds like a horrible situation for, for the Bantams. It's a shame because it's a club I like, actually. I like, I like going up there, but they're, they're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, I don't want to disrespect them as a club because they're a famous historic club. But this season, they've been absolutely shocking. And it's a game we should be winning. They're bottom of the league. They've lost six of their last eight, I think. And... uh yeah, we have a very good record at home, so there's absolutely no reason that we should lose this game, and that isn't disrespecting them at all. They're bottom of the league for a reason. We're in the playoffs for a reason. We're a good side, they're not. So we have to go into this game expecting to win, and anything other than that would be a big shock and a massive disappointment. You'd think playoffs would still be safe irrespective. I know we're not there mathematically, but you think it's tough for anyone to overhaul that now. But we want to keep that momentum going, going into those playoffs, and... Yeah, it's just a game we have to win. Yeah, Bradford City, five defeats out of their last six games. Only one win in 13 league games uh, on the road. And as uh, as Simon mentioned there, they've only rescued one point from a losing position uh, this season. They A one-all draw away at Burton. They were losing, I think, in the first half and came back to, to equalise in the second half. And that is a bizarre stat. So if we go 1-0 up on, on Saturday early on, everyone should just go home, really. That'll be the end of it. Right, Lee Bayer, uh, of course, was uh, asked to look ahead to the game uh, himself. Uh, and despite what we've 
we've just heard from uh, from Simon there, Bose uh, is shocked to see Bradford City in the position that they are in. Yeah, so Bradford. Uh, personally, I can't see how they're down there. They're, they're front three, if you like, uh, uh, good players. You you got Doyle, who was one of the top scorers last season. Ball, who got promotion with Rotherham, another good player. You got Payne, another good player. Like you got three players that can hurt you on on their own. So um, I think they leak goals. That that's been their problem. So, um, but listen, whoever you play at this time of the season is going to be difficult. Everybody's playing for something. Whether you're playing for survival, whether you're playing to to get promotion, whether you're trying to get into the playoffs, everyone's playing for something. Or to even avoid the drop because there's so many teams that are in that. So I think from from here on in, it, every game's going to be hard. It's all going to be a different challenge. It's just down to us to to be professional and respect every team we play, which which we do every game. So um, if we do them things right, then then I like to think we'll win games. Before the international break, you had terrific momentum. Are you a little concerned with the break? that that momentum has been interrupted? No, no. If anything, I think it gives us, it's given us a chance to recharge batteries because it, it was tough then that Saturday, Tuesday showed it and then the the, the um, Bristol game. So um, now they've all been away, apart from the international lads, they've been away and, and recharged their batteries. If you'd have seen them training Sat Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, it, it's like they ain't been away of anything. They're more hungry now because it's, it's like a kid. If you take their toys away, they they just want to play with their toys. And, and, and the players are no different. That they've not been able to play any games, and that's why you play football. So um, no, I'm looking forward to Saturday because their attitude's been spot on, their intensity's been spot on, and uh, if anything, that that give us an advantage come come later on in the season. I think. You said the results didn't go your way for the top three. Um, but you've obviously got a game in hand now on Does that make a difference? Is it good to have a game in hand or do you think it's another, another challenge just to, to make those points better? No, it's always a challenge, but it, I think on Saturday, Saturday points will be dropped. That that's, that's the nature of the game. So for me, I just think that we have to concentrate on what we're doing. And then if anyone does drop points or we've got to be there to, to capitalise on it I think that's that's an obvious statement so we've just got to concentrate on us and, and work hard and, and see where we end up Is when you see the top teams not dropping for example on the weekend and you have a game is it um, hard to motivate the players to say we need to go again with a playoff spot or guaranteed No because they know the, they know what we've worked hard for all season we started work in early July, end of June, early July, and it's for now. It's for the reward at the end of the season, and they know what the reward is, and um, they're hungry for the reward. They want promotion. Um, drummed that into them from day one when we come in pre-season. So uh, nothing's changed. I ain't got to tell them what's expected. They know. It's it got drummed into them early on and. And that's why I think that they've they've been so good because they know what the reward is and they and they're all winners in there. So I'm looking forward to Bradford this weekend to the bottom of the league. You're expected to to win up 
when it's comfortable when it's up to they can see quite a lot of goals you say um, is that added pressure on yourself that's part of the game it's part of the game whether you play someone at the top someone at the bottom it's three points at the end of the day it doesn't matter that's the most important thing as long as you get the three points it doesn't matter how so there you go, Lee Bayer certainly won't be taking Bradford City uh, very lightly. Obviously, it's the polite thing to say when you're playing the team that is rock bottom of the league uh, that you can't believe they're down there. Just once, you just want to hear a manager come out and say, what, Bradford? Rubbish. Surprise, they haven't been relegated already, really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, but at any point, he, he, he's obviously, he does his homework. He knows what their, their strengths might be with their strikers. He, he mentioned, uh, was it Owen Doyle? who uh, we were in for at one point, was it last season as well? So, I mean, they, they will have danger men. Um, and you, it, despite all this cockiness that, that we're getting here from, from Charlton Live, you, you can't be complacent going into a game like this. No, and uh, the most recent game I remember um, was Southend at home. They scored the first shot they had, which was a long shot, which was deflected. They were then went down to 10 men. We equalised, but we couldn't find a winner. It's... And you know, and Saturday could be another case of that. Yeah, we should win on paper, and we should probably win comfortably. But as we all know, football's not like that. And um, I'd done the same for Accrington, Accrington away. I thought we was going to win four five nil, and then that didn't turn out to be right. So yeah, I mean, it's going to it'll be they'll make it hard for us, like every team that come here do. Um, but if we play the way that we can and we don't become complacent, yeah, we should win comfortably. But yeah, obviously. we just got to be respectful sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll be respectful on Sunday show if they beat us, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, Bradford are rubbish. Um, obviously, there's a few selection headaches, Tom, for, for, for Lee Bowyer there. The main one being, of course, I mean, eyebrows were raised when, when Piercy came back in, in place of Naby Sar for that, that goalless draw at Bristol Rovers just before the international break. Now, of course, I mean, Bowyer said it was nothing personal. It's about resting. It's about rotating the squad. It was about changing the formation as well, playing the elements, which he had to at, at Bristol Rovers, where it was horrible weather. Now, none of those, you know, now it's back to now it is a straight choice. You think, assuming we go for the 4 4 2 at home, we might go for the 3 5 2, but I mean, either way, there is a decision there to be made. Yeah, and it, it's not an easy one. Um, my choice would be Naby, that especially at home, the way we like to play at home, his ability on the ball, it, it makes logical sense. But Bowyer's a. It's his captain, you know, it's his leader. So it's not an easy choice to make. And, you know, I'm not saying that Pierce is by any means a bad footballer either, because he's not. It's just, I don't think he's quite got the quality on the ball that, that Naby does. You'd imagine maybe as well, if, if Bielik isn't able to play, then that might feed into his perspective as well, because then you've got Naby able to do that where Bielik obviously won't be able to by not being in the side. So it's a difficult choice for me, as I say, it would be Naby, but then you start to wonder the longer he stays in and keeps performing where does Pierce come back in and with the potential playoffs on the horizon you think as a as the captain of the club and as the leader and warrior that Bowyer describes him as he's going to be itching to get back on the field as well so I guess the competition for places is healthy but it's a uh, it's difficult for either of those players to miss out at the moment, I think. Now, of course, uh, elsewhere, there's the age-old question of who, who's going to partner Lyle Taylor up front. I think Igor uh, started against Bristol uh, Rovers, uh, had a couple of chances. I, say, I, I, I think I'm leaning towards Igor over Parker at the moment. Obviously, Parker had his illness. He hasn't really had a, a strong run in the team yet. Came off the bench at Rovers and didn't really set, set the earth alight on his, on his return to the squad. I mean, Nathan, if you had to... If, if it was a straight swat, a straight pick between the two of them, which one would you go for out of Eagle. Uh, yeah, Eagle. yeah, all day, yeah. I think he needs minutes. You know, he needs to get back. We know there's there's a good player in there. 
if there's no point in get, trying to get match minutes and then not playing him. Um, I think, I'm not, you know, Josh Parker hasn't really done anything for me. Um, so you're picking one of two people that probably ain't really tickling me fancy at the moment. But Igor would be my pick anyway. Yeah. Uh, Tom, if you, if you had to go for one of the two of them? Uh, Igor as well. Yeah. Completely agree with what Nave says. He needs the minutes and the longer we play him, the more chance he's got yeah. of playing himself into form. I mean, Par- I mean Parker, is he... He hasn't had a run. That's the only thing no. you can say. And I'm trying to remember what game it was where he came off the bench and looked and looked quite good. And yeah. like I say, with that illness, he's had. So I mean, you could argue he 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 needs his chance as well. But I guess the time's running out. We need. You probably want a settled front two going into the end of the season, the playoffs, don't you? Yeah, and they're the two I'd have. I think Parker's a couple of times come off the bench and looked all right. So yeah, for. For me, the starting two would be uh, would be Lyle and Igor, and Parker has just unfortunately for him got to try and play himself into form off the bench, and we've seen other strikers have had to do that, and uh, that's what he's going to have to do because you can still make an impact from that, and and he has done it in a couple of games, and we need to see that more. Yeah, obviously the makeup of the midfield will be interesting as well with Billick out there. You'd think Cullen would drop into the the defensive part of the diamond. Uh, whether there's a question mark over whether Williams will start or not, I, I lean towards I think he will just because he's had a little bit of a run up at it with this uh, two week break. But obviously there's Reeves in there. There's the likes of Prattley who could come in as well. There's plenty of players who could fill that void. Right, we've uh, almost run out of time, so we need your predictions quickly, Tom and Nath. Three nil. Three nil to Charlton. Yeah. 5-0 5-0 to Charlton <laughs> we are going to smash the Bantams all the way back up to South Yorkshire with zero points and we're going to score a lot of goals right we have run out of time here at the Valley although Nathan you have got a leaflet quickly we need yeah, to just share because uh, obviously we share these premises uh, with the Charlton Athletic Community Trust they do excellent work we've got the Upbeats walk coming up uh, shortly but also there's the relaunch of the Valley Central Youth Centre thing yes yeah, yeah so they've been down here today all painting and stuff and there's a relaunch on um, the 8th of April it's like age 10 to 19 or up to 25 um, and you can, it's for eight, Monday the 8th of April from 4.30 to late there's DJs games boxing so if you if you're listening you're young enough or if there's any parents bring bring them down get get some out of the ass get some um uh, causing mischief doesn't it but um yeah. lots of excellent yeah, work obviously the, the trust do here at the valley with the uh, the, the the youth hub here so yeah uh, feel free to bring your kids along tonight right tom and nathan thanks for coming in cheers mate much love i've been louis mendes this has been charlton live let's hope that charlton can get three points against the bantams on saturday we'll be back here on sunday evening to look back at whatever happens seven o'clock be here and uh, enjoy the show. Thanks for listening and we shall see you on Sunday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.